New Hope Outreach Ministries, making a difference by taking the gospel from word to action. And now, today's message. Until it's over, until you say it's over, by the grace of God. Well, we just thank God for all you guys that are here this week and today to be with us and to share in, in God's word and hope and pray that it'll be a blessing to you. Hilda, get my water, please. God is good. Um, beginning of this year, I really feel that this is the year of the turnaround. Look at the neighbors that turn around. Um, and I believe that things can and will turn around if we make the right decision by the grace of God. It's not all up to God. You know, a lot of times, you know, just like kids, you know, they, they want mom and daddy to do it all. And, you know, they, want, they don't want to do hardly anything, but, you know, just if it's broke, if it needs to be fixed, if they need something, well, I'm your child, give it to me. And sometimes we can do better if we take what we do have and use it for the glory of God and take care of what we have. But sometimes we, we, you know, when people have a tendency to give us stuff, we don't always appreciate it. We appreciate it, but we don't always take care of it. But when you have to work them hours, look at your neighbors in them hours. You had to get up out that bed on them wet, them wet mornings and, and drive down them wet roads and whatever. Guess what? You appreciate it. When you, when you get in that car, you won't, you're not likely to go there and, and burn that rub on them tires or whatever. So it just makes a big difference when we care about things that God wants us to care about or whatever. So, but this is the year of the turnaround. And this morning, we want to talk to you about working with the Holy Spirit. This is a subject that don't often, is not often talked about. Um, it's so important to you as a believer, as a person, to get to know this person here. Because he is the one who's going to take care of you by the grace of God. Go to the book of John, John chapter 14 and verse 16. And this is Jesus. Now, he didn't just volunteer to come here, but he was sent here by Jesus. And so if your, if your boss, if your leader decide to send you a person or an escort, would you not consider him? What, what would you do if, you had, if someone told you you had an escort to follow you 24 hours a day to help you to be successful? I mean, at work, making decisions, family affair, family fights, and all the other good stuff. Do you think that you appreciate this person? But guess what? The Holy Spirit is assigned to us 24-7. 24-7. He is your escort to get you through life. Because remember when Jesus, when Jesus was here on earth, he said, he, he said I will ask the Father, he will give you another, another helper to be, like, um, to be with you for, for how long? Forever, 24-7. So whenever you are in situations, getting ready to get into a situation, getting ready to make decisions, plans, or whatever, who you need to get involved? Who you need to get involved? You need to get the Holy Spirit involved. 
because when you don't, I'm telling you, um, don't get me wrong, we can make some smart decisions, but at the same time, we also can play Russian roulette too. We can hit it, and we also can miss it. And when you miss it, it can be very devastating. But the Holy Spirit never what? He never missed, because he always knows what's going to take place by the grace of God. When he said, um, when he talks about another kind, but also of another quality, let's say, for instance, like if you went to rent a car, went to decide to go rent a Camry or a Toyota or whatever, okay? They don't have that car, but they do have a Ford. A car is a car. But at the same time, that Ford can get you where you want to go. It can, you can provide the comfort you want or whatever. It's a car, but guess what? It's of another kind. It provides different functions and different operations. There will be things inside of that Ford that will not be inside that camera. So the Holy Spirit, our escort, he on the ground. In other words, just like in the military, we call him our, our ground scout. He our scout leader. He always goes out before we go to combat or whatever. We always put scouts on the ground. He go out there and scout out everything and, and sometimes put himself in harm's way or whatever. And then he'll bring the information back to the, to the soldiers. And then they will tell us what we need to do. So when we move forward, guess what? We're ready. We're ready. And this is what the Holy Spirit would do in your life if you give him an opportunity to, to do so. Then over there in the book of John, John 16, 13, he said, not on that, but he's going to do something else. But he who the spirit of truth, the truth-given spirit, comes, he's going to what? He's going to guide you. Now, why did I come up with the subject um, working with the Holy Spirit? He's not going to force you. You have to learn how to yield and to work with him. Just like if someone trying to show you someone a job or whatever, you can say, uh, I don't need your help, or you can be smart, even though some of the stuff that, you already, that they're showing you already know, but there may be something they're showing you, want to show you, you don't know. So you want to work with your God. Always work with your God by the grace of God. Not only guides you into all, all truth, not some truth, the whole truth. Now, let's look at this. Do we have all the problems we have in the world and the lives of people that's going on in the world today? Is there any hope? Yes, there is. Is there any answers? The world would say no, but there is. But the bottom line is this. Until we get our hearts right, you can put all the cops on the street. You can put all the guns and take all the guns away and whatever. People can find a way to hurt each other. We don't have a gun problem. We don't have a prejudice problem. We have a heart problem in America. Until we get our hearts right with God, that's when things are going to change. And people are coming up with all these great ideas. Don't get me wrong. It's only a bandage on a, on a, on a, on a wound that needs to be sutured up. We need to suit you this thing up. And the person that's going to suit you up is going to take God and the Holy Spirit. The answers are there. The answers are there. Then he said that in, in 14, 16, John 14, 16, and 17, he said this. He said, I will pray to the Father. He will give you another comforter. And, and that is exactly what he did. He, we got a comforter here with us. And we don't have to worry about trying to figure out all the problems 
that we're working in and stuff we're trying to accomplish, all this stuff. He knows. Look at your neighbor and say he knows. Everything he knows. There's not one thing he don't know. If you ask him by the grace of God, he can tell you. He can, he can give you the answer for it. And that's why it's important for us as a believer is to learn how to trust in the Holy Spirit. How many times have you lost anything in your house or misplaced something? Sound familiar? And you looked all over the house, almost turned the house upside down. Then all of a sudden you get smart. Look at your name and say, get smart. And ask the Holy Spirit, say, Lord, Holy Spirit, show me where this is at. Now you don't waste about an hour, two or three, maybe a day, trying to find whatever you're looking for. And all of a sudden, you get this unction, you're dropping in your spirit to go such and such a place. And guess what it'd be? It'd be right there. Be right there. That's why it's important to work with the Holy Spirit. And when we don't work with the Holy Spirit, you are doing yourself injustice, really. You're only going to make yourself smarter and much more successful if you learn how to follow and work with him. Because there's a lot of things in this world. There's a lot of deals. Look at your neighbors at deals. There's a lot of advice in this world out there. And especially when it comes to marketing, money marketing, and all that good stuff, everybody like Ford got a better idea. Okay? But all, all ideas are not God ideas. And if you get in the wrong deal, you'll never forget it. You can end up being broke the rest of your life. End up being hurt the rest of your life. But when you get ready to get into a situation, the Holy Spirit said, nope, don't do that. Now it's up to you to, to keep on doing it. And I've, and I've been one of those guys that did that. And I tell you what, it cost me later down the road. Learn from the mistakes. Now, let's go to the book of James, if you will. Working with the Holy Spirit, the book of James. James chapter 4. Now here is James. James was one of the brothers of Jesus. And he was in a, um, the pastor at the church here. In the book of James, James chapter um, Chapter 4 and verse 4. And, um, and he was trying to get something over to, to the Jewish people here. Over a period of time, things we can, we can reach a point where we can allow ourselves to come complacent. Remember when we first got married? Man, we opened the door. I say amen. You don't have to say amen. We, we, we make sure that uh, we make sure that uh, she got in her car okay. And then when we when we really feel good, we'll hold a hand every now and then. All that good stuff. But over a period of time, look at your neighbors over a period of time. Things change. Look at your neighbors that change. Not that you per the person you love changed, not the person you with changed. But guess who changed? You changed. And what happened was the church at um, here the, in, in, in the book of James here, this particular church was, was Christian that was on fire for God, loved God. And, you know, you've been in places where, man, they just, when you got saved, man, you ready to hang from the rafter. Couldn't get enough of J-E-S-U-S. And now all of a sudden, one meal a week is enough. Sometimes two weeks is, is too much sometimes. But the, but the fact of the matter is, they was on fire for God, and they wanted to do some things for God. And James here, 
He said, he, he, he reads in verse, verse 4, he said, you adulterous and adulteress. Know you not that the friendship of this world is an enemy, is enmity uh, with God. And the word enmity means hostile. And, and, and then he goes on and said, therefore, he said, whosoever will, will be. When you look at the world, the word will be, he is trying to get them to come into a, an agreement with themselves. This is not a counseling session, but the word will be mean to uh, counsel or, or advice. He's trying to give them some advice. He's trying to get them to look and to see what they've they gotten off track at. And you look at yourself. Many of us don't read like we should. We don't pray like we should. A lot of things we don't do what we, what we used to do. We sort of slip a little bit. And so then he goes on to tell them, he said, look, he said, because of you of doing these things, your relationship with God and the Holy Spirit has changed. Has changed. And the only person I know has been changed is, is you. And the reason why he uses the word adulterer and adulteress is because he was using it to get their attention. Because sometimes, you know, sometimes, you know, you can tell us certain things, you know, we just don't get it. But then again, sometimes we have to be hit a little bit harder. I didn't realize he was trying to tell me that. You know, and so this is what he's doing. He's trying to get their attention. And then he said that he talks about the enmity, hostile, all this stuff. They, they had left God. God was no longer the center of their, of their attention anymore. Now they begin to look outside the relationship, just like a man and a woman. They've loved each other for years, but all of a sudden they begin to look outside the relationship to try to bring back into relation, in that relationship what they was having from experience from, from the beginning. Nothing changed. Only thing changed is their attitude changed, their relationship changed toward that person. And this is what this church had done. Because of the attitude that changed toward God, they began to look outside. Let me tell you something. Everybody wants to be happy. Everybody wants to be happy. And the greatest need in a person's life is not money, is not power. The greatest need in a person's life is the need to be loved. And, and when, when a person finds love, it does not matter where it comes from. Why do you think drug addicts and all these other people, prostitutes get all hooked up with these different people? Because they're looking for love and, and acceptance. And when you can't get it with Jesus, guess what you're going to do? You're going to turn to the world. And this is what is happening. Before this pandemic took place, people was on fire pretty much for Jesus. The church was together. The church was unified. The church was doing things together. Families were, were doing things together. But now after the pandem pandemic, things have become very, very fragmented now. It's no longer the same anymore. And, and, and what makes it even worse, people have accepted that as, as to be the norm. But I'm telling you, that's not the norm. We need each other. We, we need each other for fellowship. We need each other for, for encouragement by the grace of God. That's why the scripture says in the book of Psalms 133, he said, Behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. We need that unity. Not only in the home, but in the family as well. We need it by the grace of God. And then he goes on that and he said that, 
in, 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 in the same, same chapter there, he talks about the world. It said that when you are a friend of the world, that you are considered to be an enemy of God. Then God don't mean that he hates you. But you know and I know, no man can love two masters. You can't love the world and love God too. Does God um, hate you? No, he won't, don't hate you. But he'll put things in, your, in place to try to get your attention. Remember within the last two days, last week or so, the Holy Spirit been telling you to do some stuff and talking to you about some stuff or whatever that you've been putting off? And all of a sudden, and for some of you, guess what? We still haven't done it. We're still putting it off. And the thing about it, that's not a bad thing, but that's not a good thing either. Because eventually, the heat's going to get turned up on you by the grace of God. Because God is going to get your attention. Because first of all, God, the Holy Spirit is in you. He's not going to just let you go like that. He's not just like a man and a woman, like a man will fight for his wife and she run out with another lover or whatever. Guess what? The Holy Spirit would do the same thing for us. He's coming after you. He's coming after you. He's going to show you things. You're going to be in the bed at night, restless. All of a sudden, things that you used to do was exciting. You're going to feel this sort of bereavement within your spirit, like something is not quite right, like something is not, not going as well as it should. You're not going to feel that excitement. You're not going to feel that exuberant, being exuberant like you used to until you get that straight with God. Until you get it straight with God, guess what? It's not going to change by the grace of God. Then, then it talks about, look in the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 7. When Jesus is talking, James talking about the world here, he's talking about the world systems. There are many things in the world to distract us. There are many distractors in this world. Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 7, it says this. You should have no other God before who? Before me, and one translation said, besides me. I think that's pretty clear what you think. Relationship with God is paramount, is everything. And your relationship with him is extremely paramount. And it's not, not about what he does, not on what he does for you, but he also looking for you to return even a fraction of what you get, because we get more than what we give by the grace of God. But he wants us to give back to him even a fraction of what, what he gives to us. And when we do that, you're going to see some major changes and well, within, within your life by the grace of God. And God, God does not, he does not want us to be out here running loose, running crazy, and living in a time. Listen, listen to me. Living a Christian life is a wonderful life. It's just like going to work. You can be a, a good worker, or you can go and get a paycheck. Whichever one you want to be. And you don't want to be the person that's just going to get a paycheck. Because you can make some, have some long days. I remember this guy that he's passed on now. But anyway, he would come to work every day and get on his computer. And the only thing he would do is watch YouTube all day long. He would go eat, come back, watch YouTube all day long. And not exaggerating, I knew he did that at least for a year. 
at least for a year. Here I am over there working, sweating. But you got to remember, he was, he was of a different kind. We won't go into that, but anyway. But, uh, but, but John was sweating and working them like, said, brother, come on, give me a hand here, whatever. So, But yeah, but he wasn't about to do that. But I'm telling you, we can get into a place where we become so complacent to the point where the things of God don't mean anything. Because you think about it, all the good things that God does for us, Sunday morning the church should be full. You know, I always thought about good health and all that good stuff. I always appreciated good health. But man, when I came down with cancer, all the stuff that I couldn't do, all the stuff that would hit me and stuff like that, Brother and sister, listen to me. I got a great appreciation for life now. Because you realize what you, what you have now, you can lose it tomorrow. And by the grace of God, because all these wonderful things are going well for you, don't get the big head and don't think it can't change. Him that thinking he's standing, Hebrew says what? Take heed lest he fall. And that's why it's so important is it, to appreciate not forget where you come from by the grace of God. Always appreciate and never look down on those who will help you to get up to be where you are. I have no time for them now. They're not my type. Um, I don't have time to, to mess with them. I can't call them or whatever. And and many phones there is in the world. You know, we used to have these we called death phones. But God blesses us in such a way, he even put cell phones in our pockets. Only thing we have to do is pick up the phone and just make that call. But guess what? Pride won't let us do it. We're so busy. And the same thing will come to God. We're so busy when it comes to God. God, I don't have time to even say thank you by the grace of God. And the thing about it, he don't hate us. He don't get upset for us about it. But guess what? We end up paying a price for it by the grace of God. We pay a price for it. Look in the book of Romans, Romans chapter 8 and verse, and, verse, and verse 7. Working with the Holy Spirit. He wants to work with you, but would you allow him to work with you? He wants to work with you, but would you be willing to work with him? That's the key. When our thinking sort of get off, because what you believe and what you think about will ultimately become what you do. And many times what gets in, your, gets in your head, if you don't get it out in time, will eventually get into your heart. And before you know it, you start acting out stuff. Um, things just doesn't happen overnight. Over a period of time, things begin to sort of, just like putting a, placing a cake into an oven. You just can't mix the, all the, the cake mix and all that stuff up and just put it in the stove and it just bake. Over a period of time, gradually, that cake will become what it will put in the stove to be as a cake. And many times, we, as far as people is concerned, we're putting the wrong things in our heads. And because we're placing, looking at the wrong things, 
thinking about the wrong things, observing the wrong things, and we wonder why the wrong things are coming out. See, when the Holy Spirit comes in, listen to me, when he moves in, he moves into a, like, a, like going moving into a new house. He brings his furniture with him. He ain't just coming just for, just for a visit. And see, and most people teach, teach the Holy Spirit like he's a hotel. But the Holy Spirit is not a, it's not, your life is it's not a hotel, but your life is a home where the Holy Spirit comes and lives and dwells with you forever by the grace of God. He's there. And when he come in, he comes set up home, set up shop. And that's why it's important for us as believers to make sure the Bible says the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, to make sure we keep our temple and keep our, our, our body clean from not doing a whole lot of crazy stuff. Romans 8, chapter 7. But when we don't control our negative thoughts, and one translation, because anyone who thinks is controlled by the self, um, the self and self, and self is against God. They refuse to obey God's law. When you're always looking at yourself, always about me. And one of the ways you can get, a, get away from being me is learn how to put others first. Instead of putting your plate on the fir table first, put her table, or put her plate on the table first. Instead of you getting in the car first, let her get in the car first. Because some of these things, we have to untrain ourselves, really. Because we've been so used to it, doing it a, somewhere, a certain way. And when you do it God's way, listen to me, you're going to receive benefits by the grace of God. You're going to receive benefits. And when you do that, God will bless you. And go to James, James chapter 4 and verse 6. Now, when you refuse to obey, when you refuse to follow God's instruction. He said, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore, he saith, that God resists the proud, resists the proud, but does what? But giveth grace unto the humble. Now, when God is working in you, working in you and telling you to do something and you continue to resist him, He's not giving up on you. Look at your neighbor and say, he's not giving up on you. He's just going to work with you just a little bit harder. A friend of mine uh, that I know very closely, been knowing for quite some years now, he's, uh, he's in, a, in a dilemma where the God has been dealing with him for quite some time to move out of this denomination into non-denomination. Now, that means that he might have to go independent. And being independent is going to be a whole lot different than being dependent. When you got all the hierarchy above you, you got all the rules and regulation, you got all the lawyers and stuff like that available to you if you get into a situation. So he's in a dilemma now. I'm not sure what he's going to do. But I can assure you this. If God has told him to do it, God ain't going to let him off the hook. So he either do it now, pay now, or pay later. Remember Jonah? 
God told Jonah to go to Nineveh. Jonah said, man, I ain't dealing with them crazy folks in Nineveh. Forget them cats. Let them all die and go to hell. Man, I'm going to give me a boat and go in and get in the bottom of this boat and I'm going to chill and sell away. He did. But that was the roughest ride he ever had in his life. <laughs> Things got rough for him. And all of a sudden, when it was all said and done, he had to get out of that place that he had gotten himself into and was thrown overboard and ended up in the belly of a whale. Now, he could have prevented that, that type of punishment if he had just went on and just did what God told him to do. But some people love pain. They love pain. They love to be punished. There's not enough pain for me. God, give me a little bit more. Everything's all jacked up, but God, there's not enough. Give me a little bit more. And God is just trying to tell him, say, look, just do it this way. But many times they don't do it. Now, here's James telling the church here, and he calls them adultery and adulteries. And now he began to tell them, say, look, if you change and let the Holy get back to God and let the Holy Spirit start working in your life and get your relationship back on track, on back on track, God can give you grace. He can help you. But now for the proud, and we're not talking about people that are not saved. These are people that are saved people. Saved people that are proud. Well, guess what? I mean, hey, it's my thing. I do what I want to do. I mean, I'm not going to change. I mean, when I'm really changing, I'm going to change. That's true. But you don't want to get to that attitude. As you put that scripture back on, on, the, on the overhead. And see, resisting, he said, um, resist. When you resist God, God used resist, resistance, as one of his strategy to get your attention. When you resist him, you get in the Bible, you won't get away. He can use that to be able to really to, to reach out there and really touch you. And God don't kill your children to get your attention. He don't take your family. He don't do all that other crazy stuff. He deals directly with you in such a way that you know God is dealing with you. And when you do that, guess what? But he gives grace unto the humble. In other words, if you say, okay, God, I surrender. I've had enough. I've done enough. I don't want no more of this. Guess what? He will give you grace. And, and, and who don't want grace? Who don't want mercy? I do, by the grace of God. And when you get that grace and that mercy, guess what? By the grace of God, you can do some, you can do some amazing things for God. Now, why does the Holy Spirit, why we need the Holy Spirit to dwell in us? I'm going to share four things with you, five things with you. Why we need the Holy Spirit to dwell in us. Gospel according, to James, Gospel according to John 16, 13 says this. The point I want to make. He provides direct communication to you and the Father. He provides direct communication to you and the Father. And still getting it from secondhand sources, guess who you get it from? It's good to talk to other people about certain things. But isn't it better when you can get it from the source? The source is always reliable and always dependable. There's nothing really to deviate from it. Then, then John says this. He said, uh, how be it to him when the spirit is come, spirit of truth is come, 
He will guide you into all truth. And then he said, but whatsoever, he, whatsoever you shall hear, that shall he speak. He's speaking directly from the Father, telling you. So if you get this unction, decide to, you get ready to do something, and he tell you don't do it, then you use your own judgment. If he tell you don't do it, I don't think it'd be a good idea to do it. <laughs> it may be good to you, but I can assure you it won't be good for you. So, you don't want to ignore the Holy Spirit. Now, also, why we need the Holy Spirit to dwell in us, to help us accomplish our earthly assignments, the things that you're going to need to do as a husband, as a wife, as an employee, as a Christian, that you're not going to be able to do it in your own strength. And you need the Holy Spirit to help you to accomplish this. Because he's going to show you what to do, how to do it, where to make contacts, where the contacts are, so you can be successful. How many of you have been working on a job, and all of a sudden, a person out of nowhere just come up and just want to be your friend, full of wealth, full of information, that is, that is, that is a tremendous help to you? Has anybody ever experienced that? And you look back and say, why in the world did this person come from? I know where they came from, the Holy Spirit. God sent them there to you to help you, to make you successful. So you can be successful by the grace of God. They ain't just there just because. Because they could be working with someone else. But they're there to help you. God loves you. Point number three. He reveals his promises to us. The Holy Spirit reveals God's promises to us. All the promises of God are yes and amen in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Verses 9 and 10. To help accomplish our mission on earth here, I didn't give you the scriptures. That was John chapter 10, 14, I'm sorry, 14, 10. And this scripture here is 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 through 10. He reveals God's promises. It reminds you of the promises that God had made to you. And that's a good thing, because sometimes we, we do what? We forget. We forget by the grace of God. Point number four. He gives us power to exceed the work that Jesus did on earth. Now just think about that for a minute. Just think about that for a minute. Do you mean to tell me God has given us the power. That's the scripture you're looking for, 1412 scripture. God has given you and I the power to exceed what Jesus can do on earth. That's unimaginable. And look at our attitude toward things. Toward his work. Toward the things he tells us to do. It's amazing. He said, I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do. Now again, now all, the, all this has to do with your personal desire. 
It's just like going on and being on a job. You can be satisfied just being a laborer, or you can say, you know what? I don't want to be in this position. I want to work my way up. And when opportunity becomes available for you to move up, schools or whatever it may be, guess what? You take advantage of them, and God will promote you by the grace of God. But when you have no desire, no appetite for it, and you don't care about it, why would God promote you? I just don't want to just live a Christian life and just die and just go to heaven. I want to be able to fulfill all the promises, the plans and the purpose God has for me on this earth. And I know for by the grace of God, I know there's a whole lot more for me to do. And so, and we plan to do as much as we can do. I know I got more days behind me than I do in front of me, but I'm telling you, we're going to work, we're going to work as much as we can for the time we got left by the grace of God. It's not about what people think. It's not about what they think. It's about what you and your Lord and Savior want you to do. Well, I make $20 when you make $100. Hello? And people are doing that. They're selling for less when they can have more. Like people on, on the street out there. Don't get me wrong, they're homeless. They're looking for food. There's nothing wrong with being homeless. But I think there's a problem when you stay homeless. When there's things available for you to do. And, and, and people out there on the street and jobs and stuff like that, they need people to work now. So you don't have to be that way if, if you choose not to. It's all about choice. And we choose to do what we do, guess what? Because of our freedom and our choice, guess what? God does not impose, impose his will upon us by the grace of God. Why we need the Holy Spirit to dwell inside of us, point number five. He strengthened us with his power. This is another thing that people don't understand. The power they have as a believer over situations and whatever. You still have the same power that Jesus have. People don't teach that because they don't believe that. They say a lot of that stuff went out with the old church. Well, remember, there's also a description in the Bible that says Jesus having the same today, tomorrow, and forever. And I what? And I change not. They don't ever read that scripture. That's why it's important that you need to be able to hear from God for yourself. All the stuff that's going on around you, with you, about you, you need to have an ear to hear for yourself. Him that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And when you listen and when you obey, God always does great things in your life. I'm telling you, God wants to do great things in our life, but guess what? It's up to us for him to do it. And I don't know about you, but I definitely want him to do it in my life by the grace of God. As the music is getting ready to play, we're getting ready to close. But the Holy Spirit himself wants to work with you. You're good, but he wants